Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars, creators, and industry leaders bringing Broadway back to life. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to Janine Scott, the Broadway League's new director of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. Although EDI initiatives had already been a part of the organization's activities, the League created the director position following the global reckoning over racial justice that came in the wake of the uprisings in 2020. Scott comes to the League after a seven-year tenure at Omaha Performing Arts, where she was the vice president of Human Capital and Inclusion. She's also a co-founder of the Black Arts Leadership Alliance and a co-founder of the Nebraska Association of African American Human Resources Professionals. An Omaha native and a former dancer, she also founded and directed a nonprofit dance school to promote equity in the arts for Omaha youth. Now Scott is bringing all that experience and expertise with her to Broadway, and she's in the virtual studio with me to tell us about where Broadway stands today, the work it's doing now to change things, and the work that lies ahead. Hey, Janine. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and welcome to New York. I know you're just a couple months into your uh, your new life here. Um, you're coming to your position not only as someone new to New York and new to the League, but someone who's sort of not embedded in the Broadway industry, which strikes me as a really useful perspective for someone in your position right now. Um, before we talk a little bit about your background and your work in Omaha, I wonder if we could just start by having you tell us about your impressions of Broadway right now in summer 2021. Where does the industry stand in terms of equity and inclusion? Sure. Well, I, I must admit, I have a little bit of a Broadway just because I come from the road. Uh, so right. um, I, I'm adjacent. How about that? We'll say Broadway. Right. Adjacent. Yeah, because <laughs> the the organization you came from had a Broadway series. Mm-hmm. And, yes. Uh, still does. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. And we're and we're a part of the and they were a part of the Broadway League as well. Um, right. Right. But looking at where we stand right now uh, as an industry, 
I honestly, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm, I am, I am hopeful. And uh, maybe some of that uh, is me being naive, but uh, I like to think that, I like to think that looking at, um, looking at what all the members have done and hiring EDI directors and the fact that we have seven new shows that have been written by by people of color. You have Camille Brown, Camille Brown, who will be choreographing for Colored Girls. I like to think that we are moving in the right direction in in creating um, creating a space for people for people who look like me. Yeah. And what, broadly speaking, are the area is the area or the areas where we seem to fall down and really need to do more work? You know, I don't know that there's any one area. Honestly, I, I think that it's it's on the stage, it's behind the scenes, it's in the audience. Uh, I, I don't know that there's any one area that we that we have fallen short. I would say that there is room for improvement across all areas in this industry. And that is, that's, that's why I'm here. And that's what I'm looking to, looking to, to change. Yeah. And before we start to talk about what's on your plate looking ahead, I wonder Mm -hmm. if we could um, rewind a little bit and just talk about your background. Um, I know, well, first of all, I know that you're a former dancer and I wonder if you could just start out by telling us a little bit about kind of when you realized that the ED work EDI work that has become your specialty was something that you really wanted to focus on. You know, uh, as I think my earliest memories as a dancer walking in and being the only uh, coming from the middle of of the country in Nebraska, Mm -hmm. uh, were pretty homogenous, I'll say. And I was always the only. Uh, And while the studio that I was at did its best to make me feel like a part of, I don't know that I always felt a part of. Uh, you know, there are microaggressions, there are um, people touching your hair. Um, why does your hair look like that? Uh, tights that aren't my skin color that are called nude. I mean, I, I think I recognized early on that um, there was something that was not quite Right. I didn't know exactly what that was at the time, but I knew that there was something that wasn't quite right because I used to come home and tell my mom or ask my mom, why am I the only why am I the only black kid? Uh, and it wasn't until I want to say I was a, a junior and I actually came here to New York. I, I'd won a talent contest and that was my first time having a instructor, a dance instructor of color. That was my first time seeing a Broadway play, uh, a musical. And, what was it? Uh, Five Guys Named Mo. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was my, uh, I'm probably dating myself now, huh? <laughs> I mean, you and me both. <laughs> yeah. If you remember it, then I am. Exactly. <laughs> both That's exactly right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah. And, and it was, I, I just, and I saw everyone on stage and I was like, oh my God, they look like me. And, uh, and it, from that moment on, I knew that I wanted everyone to experience Broadway the way I had um, and to experience the arts the way I had and for them to know that there, there are people of color out there and um, who, are, who are doing, who are, who are professionals uh, doing the thing out there um, on a major, in a major way. 
And so that is really what sparked my my love for the arts and equity. So it's kind of a full circle moment for me right now. Yeah. And how did you get to Omaha Performing Arts, which is the organization you're coming to the Broadway League from? Yes. Um, well, arts and equity have always been my passion. I started a, um, a school, a dance school uh, in Omaha that focused on arts and equity and creating inclusivity. And uh, I, I saw the position and I met with the president and she was just, she asked me, you know, what are some things you'd like to see change? And I said, I'd, I'd like to see more diversity because um, in the community, what I hear is if you wanna work at the Omaha Performing Arts, you have to either be a security guard or in housekeeping, and that's unacceptable. Uh, and and she agreed with me. And the rest is, is, is history, I guess you'd say. Yeah, and well, tell us a little bit about the organization and its programming and its you know audience and who they are and where they come from and what you were the the group of people in the community you were working with at that moment. Yeah. So I served as the first vice president of human capital and inclusion at Omaha Performing Arts. Um, I conceived and spearheaded several programs, uh, uh, one internally uh, to increase, promote and retain uh, black indigenous people of color. Uh, and we did that within the first three to four years, we were exceeding national standards. Uh, I, in addition to that, then we look at the community. Uh, I, along with my counterpart, um, who was over, who's over programming, created a series called Voices Amplified, uh, and it was created to amplify the voices of, of um, artists of color in our community. But specifically, uh, at the time of inception, it was created to cre um, to amplify Black voices. It was in response to a, as everyone put out a, a narrative. Uh, at the wake of George, when George Floyd was uh, murdered. And we didn't want to just have it be mere words where we say black stories and black voices and black lives matter. Uh, we wanted it to be action oriented. Right. And so we created that program. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the specifics of the program? You mentioned the program to um, attract and retain uh, talent of color um, from BIPOC talent. Um, how how do you do that? What is the what are the sort of specifics, granular specifics of that in terms of how that program works and what you feel like was really effective um, and helped it succeed? Well, you have to go where the people are. Uh, you can't, I mean, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting something different. Uh, so we had to go where black indigenous people of color were. So it meant building a community grassroots base. It meant being embedded in the community and, um, and, and recruiting from within, uh, developing actual relationships and it not being about Omaha Performing Arts or even the Broadway League for that matter now, telling a community what they need and what we are, what we can give them. It's about listening to that community and having them tell us what they need and what we can give them. Uh, and so it's sort of flipping it and, and putting, it on its, putting it on its side and having the community inform us instead of us informing the community. And that is what I think is the true measure of success that we had 
at Omaha Performing Arts. And that's what I'm looking to bring here to this new role. Yeah. And what do you feel like it's this might be part of your answer to this question. Um, what do you feel like coming from your experience with uh, Omaha Performing Arts? What do you feel like were the biggest insights uh, or kind of moments where you um, that have really uh, influenced the way you think about the work you do going forward? I think uh, having the having having the community involved uh, in every aspect from uh, from programming to looking at development fundraising uh, and having them have a seat at the table and and I think again having them inform us instead of it being a one-way street where we're gonna tell you uh, and having them to tell us I, I really think that that was that was helpful um, in building out a successful uh, programming base that is wildly diverse. I mean, I look at the I looked at the numbers before I left, and having sixty percent of um, of our BIPOC staff being in a manager level or above, that's huge uh, compared to when I first started, and I could literally count on one hand how many of us of color were in management. There were three. Right, yeah. And when you talk about going out into the community and listening to the community, uh, what, is that, what does that look like in terms of maybe events that you have or, or what are the kind of bridge building um, or connecting uh, uh, activities and initiatives that you feel like were really, uh, can be really effective? Well, I look at the initiatives that um, that the Broadway League has, and a mm. lot of it mirrors the initiatives that we had at Omaha Performing Arts. Um, we here at the Broadway League, we have we have Viva Broadway, uh, which mm, was uh, created in two thousand nine. Uh, yeah. You have Black to Broadway, which was um, was is a more recent um, initiative, uh, which is designed to uh, inspire. A, a deeper engagement and awareness of access within the black community. Um, in addition to celebrating those blacks who are already on Broadway, um, who are leaders, you know, on stage and behind the scenes. And so those programs look a lot like some of the programs that we had at Omaha Performing Arts in creating one an excitement and a groundswell. And both of those programs go outside of the league's membership to bring on other individuals and influencers uh, within those communities so that we can we can develop a relationship with those communities and um, and expand our base and expand our programming and and really let the, those communities and others um, AAPI you know let them know that Broadway really is for everyone right yeah and what? have you found are the most use, useful metrics in terms of measuring change? Um, you mentioned the 60% uh, of your BIPOC uh, mm -hmm. staff were in management positions. What other kind of, uh, you know, measures are there that you pay attention to, to think that you, that you look at to see, oh, the thing that we're doing is making a difference? Mm -hmm. Well, it's not about just taking a, checking a box and saying, okay, mm -hmm. we have 60%. If that 60% doesn't have a voice, then it doesn't matter. You might as well have no one there. Um, mm. So it's looking at what real authority mm. do these individuals have? Uh, 
are they just merely at the table or are they at the table with with a real voice and so looking at position descriptions looking at where they're seated how they're seated um, looking at how long they've been there um, and what they really bring and what they bring to the table and looking around the table and seeing who's not there and why aren't they there and how do we create space for them to be there uh, and so I am I am very I, I love metrics and I I love stats but I also know that merely reciting stats doesn't really tell a full story if if those individuals don't have a seat at the table if they don't have a voice not just a seat but if they don't have a voice at the table yeah what for you is your sort of favorite uh kind of achievement of your time uh there at omaha what do you feel like uh really uh really affected you and uh really kind of uh was a mark of your work there Wow. <laughs> That's hard. I, 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 oh my gosh. You're asking me to pick my favorite child. I know that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say one of prior to the voices amplified series, mm. I would have said the promotion from within the leadership program that, um, that I, that I developed, uh, to promote staff of color. Obviously it, others you know were able to participate but we were it was targeted and geared towards and for uh those staff of color because we had a huge amount of uh, of BIPOC uh staff who were in positions um I would say even be even below coordinator and it was how do we promote them from within how do we um how do we give them the skill set and the tools that they need in order to be successful and to be to to become a manager or a coordinator at that for that matter? But how do we get them to become a manager and we move them from assistant mm -hmm. to a management type of position where they have influence and they have a voice at the table? And so I would say the leadership program that I developed was was one of my favorite, but. Now I'm going to say the Voices Amplified program because um, we did it during a pandemic and it was like, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? Um, and we made it all virtual and uh, we reached out to people and artists in the community because it was at a period of time where artists weren't traveling. And so you want to talk about community engagement. We had people in our own backyard who had done some amazing things. And it, we created a platform for them to be showcased, and um, and I and I love it, and it and it's still going on to date. Uh, and I I serve now more as an advisor type of thing, but um, it, it's a really exciting program, and I look forward to seeing where it goes. I'll have more with Janine right after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And now, here's more with the Broadway League's Director of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, Janine Scott. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit more now about what's happening uh, at the League. Mm -hmm. Um, We should say, for listeners who don't know, who aren't in the weeds about this stuff, the Broadway League is a trade association of uh, Broadway producers and presenters. Um, And they are the body that, you know, advocates for Broadway overall as a business and negotiates contracts with labor unions, among many other things. Um, Tell us a little bit more about sort of the, there are a number of programs. You mentioned Viva Broadway and mm-hmm. Electa Broadway, but there's a number of things going on right now these days, um, some of which are, have been going on for a while, as you mentioned, and some of which are newer. Tell us a little bit about that slate of uh, activities. Yeah. Uh, one of the programs that I, that I, I, I enjoy uh, is the Broadway Bridges program, uh, where the goal is to reach every uh, 10th grader in a New York City public school uh, so that they can see a Broadway show uh, in person. And so we partner with the New York City Department of Education and the United Federation of Teachers to make a, a significant impact. Um, I think it's like 70%, nearly 70% of those students are identify as being people of color. And if we want to talk about sparking um, an interest in Broadway. Uh, I think that's that's where we start. We have to catch them, catch them young, so that we can create that that path. Um, another program, uh, which is uh, um, is the Broadway League Diversity Fellowship Program, um, and this program is designed to give the uh, the next generation of theater professionals hands-on experience uh, in working in a league member's office. So that they understand that you don't you don't necessarily have to be on stage, uh, you can be behind the scenes because not everybody is a performer and not everybody wants to be a performer, uh, but there there are still avenues and there are still ways for uh, for these individuals to to have a hand in shaping in shaping Broadway. I think I look at um, I look at myself and when I was growing up. And I would say, oh, I want to be a dancer. Or, oh, I want to work in the arts. And to have a counselor say, no, you can't do that. Or to have a family member say, no, you need to get a real job. <laughs> right now, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you got one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but we have to, we have to, being first generation, a first generation uh, college student uh, or college graduate, we have to we have to buck that and we have to do a better job of educating uh, not just lay people, but, but those, those counselors um, that there are jobs in this industry and that we want them and we need them and we're looking for them. And I think that this fellowship program helps to um, helps to helps to create a pathway for that next generation of, um, of professionals. Uh, and uh, I think an- another program I would I would want to mention is something very new, 
Uh, and it's where we are partnering with all of Broadway unions um, uh, and their members and our employees to find opportunities uh, for, for those individuals um, to, to challenge the status quo and to, to be able to become a part of these unions and, uh, and work um, and work behind the scenes. Yeah. And do these programs you mentioned, you know, for instance, the fellowship is mm -hmm. for people working in a in a member of the Broadway League's uh, office. Does this uh, for any member like do, does this extend around the country because there are members of the Broadway League all over the country? Is this are these are a lot of these programs not just New York focused, but also um, in the sort of road and touring activities? Well, there this one this one is um, mm. more um, New York focused. However, there, there is the um, at Pam diversity of uh, a program, which mm -hmm. uh, is is for the road, and a lot of our a lot of our presenting our roadhouses like Omaha Performing Arts have diverse have programs have internship programs of their own uh, mm -hmm. that uh, some that go alongside uh, with Broadway with the at Pam diversity and some of them that um, are are their own standalone programs. Yeah, uh, you mentioned uh, earlier in our in our discussion. You talked about the individual, many individual productions um, are creating these positions um, devoted to equity, diversity, and inclusion. Tell me a little bit about why you think that's important to have not only kind of an industry wide uh, position dedicated to that, but also in these individual what they really are is little individual businesses, right? Mm -hmm. Each individual show. Tell us about sort of what you think these folks will do joining, for instance, Moulin Rouge was yeah. someone that just did a hire. Yeah. Yeah. Moulin Rouge just did and, mm -hmm. and, and Wicked and, and, Wicked, and yeah. a couple of others just come out with uh, came out with yeah. uh, with press releases. Um, uh, naming their uh, naming their uh, EDI or their um, equity or diversity uh, directors. Yeah. I think it's important for people to to know that the industry isn't just talk. Um, and I think that this shows a real commitment, um, intentional commitment to creating an overall change in the industry. No one person can do it by themselves. And so this creates a network of people working together, sharing ideas, sharing best practices, and um, and and creating a creating a support system and a a network, I guess, a support system, a network, so yeah. that you, I myself, and and those others who are like me, know that we have someone who is in the trenches with us, um, willing and, and able uh, and wanting to, to make a long lasting change in this industry. Right, yeah. And what, looking ahead, how have you begun to think about uh, new initiatives that you'd like to sort of help um, you know, move along as you, as the season gets up and running and, you know, you sort of find your feet and you're in the position that you were in now. And... Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been talking to league members and uh, talking to the community and community organizations about how the league can be a better partner in moving the needle uh, yeah. towards change and equity and inclusion. And I think um, in order to be successful in this role, it's going to be about relationships. 
and um, we're going to need to expand our existing programs uh, and we're going to have to uh, create other programs to provide even greater access to, to all individuals. Uh, so I look at our affinity groups that we have and there are, there are some there are some groups that um, may feel left out, but please know that they we are in the works of, of creating those affinity groups and creating an avenue for um, for those affinity groups to be showcased. Uh, so there's there's definitely a lot of work to be done. We we have done a lot, but now that um, they've created this position that that I'm in, we are able to be more intentionally focused on how we deliver, um, who we work with, and how we work with, and moreover how we communicate those programs to the community at large. I, I think that that may have been one of the one of the struggles we may have had um, in the past is communicating those initiatives that we've had to the people that, you know, were, are created to benefit, that, you know, was created to benefit. If we create a program and it's to benefit you and you don't know, then, you know, how successful is that program gonna be? So I, I, I think that that is, um, that's one of the things that I am definitely looking at is building stronger relationships within the community and and with these community um, organizations, these community organizations. Yeah. And what's your take on the way the kind of work, much of it is sort of focused on backstage, uh, you know, behind the scenes stuff kind of filters into the work that is done on stage as well. How does how does the the work that you are doing and the what is the interplay uh, between the work that you were doing and the work that we see and the creative work that mm -hmm. is done uh, artistically on stages? Well, I think statistically people, um, it's said that people uh, tend to hire individuals who look like them. There is this kinder fictionship that exists. It's an unconscious bias that exists. Mm -hmm. And which is why you see all this unconscious bias training that, that goes on in this industry. But if, so if the industry is majority white male, then majority of the jobs are going to go to who? Right white males. Uh, so if we can diversify the back of house, if we can diversify those individuals who are doing the hiring, the casting, um, then we will be able to diversify what we see on stage. Uh, I, I, you know, we are lovers of the arts and I like to think that we have a creative mind and we, we know that there's no such thing as a, a mermaid. So what difference does it make if the mermaid is of color or if if the mermaid is is white? Uh, so um, things like that, um, those those unconscious things that exist, uh, we I think this is a way of combating that. So I don't know that we're just solely focusing on the back of house or solely focusing on the the career side of things, but I think that. Um, it is important that we focus we focus on that because the stats the stats are real, and we all have hidden biases and um, and they come into play more than more than we sometimes would like to admit. Yeah, yeah. 
you arrived in uh, as you as we were talking about before we turned the mics on you arrived in july and there weren't there may have been one broadway show happening unless bruce springsteen had gone on hiatus again so have you seen a broadway show yet broadway is really as we're talking broadway is really just starting to right. get going again. They're, they they literally just really opened um yeah I, <laughs> I i will be seeing passover uh next week i was going to go to Hades town dress rehearsal yesterday uh, however uh it, it, it rained flooded. Yeah. <laughs> it rained a yeah. lot a lot indeed <laughs> i think uh torrential rains is what yeah. what they call it right i think that's that's an accurate description yeah <laughs> uh so needless to say i did not uh i did not right. go to that showing um i have i have attended broadway shows prior to my position uh sure. here at the league but i have not seen one yet in this new capacity but i look forward to to seeing everything honestly yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and we look forward to running into you um, at the theater sometime as we're all uh, back in the house. Um, so thanks so much, Janine. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me. No problem. Thank you for having me. I am, I am excited and, and, again, hopelessly optimistic about the future of Broadway and, uh, and its return because we will not look the same. And, that is, and that's a good thing. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, thanks, Janine. Thank you. That was Janine Scott, the Broadway League's new Director of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of StageCraft, I'd really appreciate it if you took the time to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us grow our audience of folks who love theater as much as you and I do. Or tell a friend about StageCraft. Find past episodes or subscribe on all the pod places, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on the Broadway Podcast Network, which is a great place to find more theater for your ears. I'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. Until then, find me on Twitter at GCoxVariety. Thanks for listening, and see you soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.